This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business leader needing to get away from the daily grind and receive fresh vision, make sure to visit them online, www.kingdomatwork.com, kingdomatwork.com. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you from Rancho Mirage, California. That's right, Jim. We have been here all week long at this very amazing international summit, um, a collaboration between FCCI and Convene. And we have just been able to talk to some amazing people that are here to learn and to um, grow and pursue excellence. That's right. You can check out FCCI online at FCCI.org and convene online at convenenow.com. Hey, today's show, we're going to focus on the ministry of convene. We've got a couple of guys that have been there since the very beginning. We want you to hear their stories because their stories are so amazing because they laid the groundwork in Southern California for an amazing movement of God that is spreading across the country and just recently started a convene group in Davenport, Florida. So that's pretty much coast to coast. So today we want to welcome Rick Green and Bob Brumlew. Bob Brumlew is the chairman of the board for convene and Rick Green, he's one of the founders. He's one of the guys that was right there at the beginning. And I want you guys to hear their stories. Rick and Bob, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you guys here today. Why don't we always ask this question right from the beginning? Yeah. Talk to us about how you became a follower of Jesus, Rick Green. Oh, that's a that, that's a question I hadn't expected to be. Oh, able to answer. we got to start. We got to start with Jesus. We always have to start with Jesus. Um, my wife and I were going through some really interesting challenges in the seventies, and. Um, we ended up going to a Bill Gothard Basic Youth Conflicts Seminar. Um, Love Bill One Gothard. of those amazing seminars that uh, changed our lives. And that's where I committed my life to Christ. Mm. Bill Gothard had an amazing way to just speak truth into people's lives. And then at the end of every session, those amazing pictures that he would draw with chalk would just, I mean, at the end of every session, was he doing it when you went to Basic Youth Conflicts? Yeah. In fact, the thing that really impressed me was when he drew that big triangle on the board. And uh, then he showed uh, a stick figure of a male and a female that may be struggling with issues. And he talked about how God could reconnect those by connecting through him. And I went, wow, that would be amazing. And, and that was the answer you were looking for. That was the answer I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it caught me really quite by surprise. Now, are you in Southern California? Yes. Okay, so where, where did you and your bride get to go uh, see Bill Gothard? That was at the Long Beach Arena in Long Beach. Wow, very cool. Bob Brumlew, talk to us about how you became a follower of Jesus. Uh, as a young man, I had the privilege of going to work for a Christian businessman, a um, gentleman named Bob Shank. That I was 16 years old when I started working for Bob, and I'm a slow learner, so it took me six years to figure it out. But watching a godly man run a business on Christian principles had an impact on my life. And Bob would take me to CBMC meetings every Tuesday morning. And one Tuesday morning in April of 1982, uh, Doug Smith was giving his testimony. He was a center for the Rams. And the Holy Spirit just grabbed a hold of my heart and said, I want that. So gave my life to the Lord in April of 1982. And uh, Bob was an incredible influence on my life of how a Christian should run a business. What a privilege you had before you even knew Jesus. You knew that faith and work were to be intricately connected. Absolutely. What a privilege. And we've never gotten to interview Bob Shank on this show, but we've talked about him many times. Uh, But to lay that groundwork in your life, that is quite a privilege. Yes. So 
Rick, when the at the time when you came to Christ at the Institute of Basic Youth, Youth Conflicts, um, you and your bride, were you already in business? Did you already have a business established at that point in time? I did. So what kind of work were you doing? I was in the landscape and irrigation supply business and uh, just had a small uh, small operation in Southern California during the real growth years um, in the late 70s, early 80s. So at that point in time, well, did you have a connection between your faith and work? Did you have anybody telling you, wow, all of a sudden, now that you're a Jesus follower, Rick Green, this, this, did you know that your faith should impact how you do landscaping and landscape design? Did anybody ever have that conversation with you? No, actually, that was a major disconnection for me. Um, when I started my business, we dedicated it to the Lord, which I thought I ought to do. And uh, we even started our, uh, uh, our staff meetings with prayer. But that was pretty much the extent of uh, how my faith impacted the business at that time in my life. So at what point in time in your life, and this may be lead into the conversation with Kenvi, but what point in time in your life did the Lord prompt you to connect your faith and your work? Well, that happened long after we got Convene started. Brian Thatcher, who uh, I worked with very closely for six years uh, when Convene was first started, really was the, the man who impacted me the most and got me to understand that you know, God does own it all and that my business could be my platform for ministry. But that was not a concept that was really inculcated into me in my earlier uh, formation years. So then should we back up a little bit? Yeah, we how probably the, should. How then did you even make the connection to convene that led you then to later understand a better connection of your faith? Sure. Um, you know, as a young business owner, uh, I was hungry for to be with people who could help me, could mm. mentor me. I didn't have anyone to talk to about business, mm. business issues. And a friend introduced me to a secular organization that's made up of uh, peers, non-competing peers that um, met once a month with a facilitator that they called a chair at that time. And um, we would talk. He would determine what some of the issues were that I was struggling with. And then we would meet as a group of business owners for one whole day, an entire month, and work on our business issues. I look back at that time, and I would have to say it was probably one of the best business decisions I'd ever made. Mm. I stayed in that organization for 17 years. But the thing that really started to bother me is, although it was probably 40% of the members were Christians, were believers, and yet none of that was ever talked about in our meetings. And really began to think about and pray about, gosh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be fascinating to have that kind of a group um, of just believers or those who are even marginal believers, mm -hmm. but we had the same common base. I really prayed about it for a long time. In fact, we actually started a group that we called CEO. Several of us who had been uh, members of this kind of a, uh, of a secular organization, and it worked for about a year and fell apart. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what not to do. <laughs> Those what are good lessons, right? Great, <laughs> great learning ex experience. Continued to pray for a couple of years and talked to everybody I could, every pastor, every business guy that I could about the concept of a Christian faith-based mm -hmm. organization modeled pretty much after that secular organization. 
was in 1996 that uh, Brian Thatcher called me one day. And Brian said, I really have a desire to work with Christian businessmen to help them integrate scriptural principles into their businesses. Hmm. And I thought about it at the time and said, well, this is kind of interesting, and I'll help him for maybe the next six months and help him get something going. Well, that was 22 years ago. <laughs> um, during that uh, next uh, year, we formed an organization that we called BBL, Beyond the Bottom Line. And we had a tagline that uh, said, turning the Sunday stuff into Monday stuff for better lives and better businesses. Mm, that's great. So for six years, we, uh, we had two groups. Uh, they were both groups that were full, that um, uh, were you know Christians who really wanted help with their businesses. And they wanted to be in something that was really Christ-centered. And it was kind of interesting as I look back at the members. That was, those were kind of the two reasons that people joined. Some were looking for help for business. Some really were just their businesses were running well, but they wanted fellowship with other Christians. About six years into uh, the formation of this, we said God prompted us to, to, that we really needed to multiply what we were doing. And that's when we said, okay, let's figure out how to document everything, put it into a form, be able to find chairs, which is what we called our facilitators, mm -hmm. be able to find those ch find chairs and um, train them and release them to form additional groups. I did skip over one small piece, which is a pretty important piece, is that the combination of Brian's background, uh, out of he came out of the navigator background, so he was really steeped in scripture. My background in process and understanding the um, dynamics of a group right. were the two things that we blended together to form what became then BBL. These guys are from Convene. Right there at the beginning when Convene got started up, you can check out Convene online, convenenow.com. Rick Green, you were just finishing up how God had put together this amazing, brought together some amazing team, Brian Thatcher, with his desires, his, his training from the navigators, and your, your training with organization and structure. Mm -hmm. Talk to us where it went from there. Well, we uh, uh, had operated with Brian as the chair for two groups, and we then decided it was time to multiply. During that time, we put together an advisory board. I'm a big believer in uh, accountability and boards. And there's about five, it was five or six men who joined us who had been a part of one of those two groups. And the purpose of the advisory board was to help keep Brian and I accountable. Because my job really was to coach Brian. And uh, Brian ran the groups. Bob Brumlew was one of those five or six guys that became part of our board. In fact, uh, very quickly uh, migrated into the leadership of our board. So, Bob, pick it up from there. How did you first get connected to these guys who were starting up this thing called BBL Beyond the Bottom Line? Talk, talk to us about how the Lord drug you and sucked you into all that. Uh, it's interesting because I had commented that I worked for Bob Shank for a number of years. He ended up selling his business and going into ministry full-time, and that left me at a point of, what do I do now? Mm. Uh, my father had started a business while I was in college, and it was awesome for me to be able to come out of college and join my dad in this company that he had formed two years prior. 
Um, my dad had uh, some faith in me and my skills that um, I'm not sure why, but it worked out. And he ended up making me president of the company in 1989 when I was 28 years old. And um, I was a young kid, didn't know a whole lot, and I f didn't have a business degree. I had a degree in architecture and figured I need to find some help to figure out how to be the president of a company. Um, when the search I went on, I found an organization called Tech, which was a group of CEOs that I was able to join a tech group and got some wonderful business counsel and figured mm -hmm. out how to be a leader in the company. We had great speakers, great other CEOs around me to build into my life. Uh, after 10 years in 1999, though, I was hungry for more wise counsel, more Christian wise counsel, that it really wasn't getting that in the tech group. And I went on a search for, is there a Christian model of the tech group I was part of? And I found BBL, Rick and Brian, and group number one. So I went and visited group number one. And because there was only one group, I wasn't sure if this organization had the horsepower that I needed to be able to continue to be improve my skills at running a business. So I said, I'm going to run the two groups side by side for a year. So I stayed a member of my tech group. I joined the first BBL group. And at that point in 99, Brian had told me when I joined, because I think I was the 15th or 16th member, that he wanted to start a second group in the near future and asked me as I was joining mm -hmm. if I would go to group two with him. And I said, absolutely, would love to. So several months later, he had a few more guys that wanted to join and we formed group two. And I moved over to group two with Brian. And today still, what, 19 years later, I'm still a member of group two for Convene. Um, Fast forward, the end of that first year, I had a wonderful uh, issue that I had to deal with in my business where my VP of sales told me that he was going to uh, leave the company and go open a competing company in Las Vegas, which was, what, 300 miles from where we were. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a desire to open a facility in Vegas, but I thought it was a great issue to take to my tech group and to my BBL group and get counsel from my fellow members. And so I took it to my tech group first. And basically the advice was go back today and fire him and have him turn in all the sensitive company information and pricing and customer lists and everything you have. And when he goes and he fails, you'll be able to pick up the pieces and have a business in Vegas. Uh, the following week was my BBL group, convene group, and I took the issue to my convene members and the advice was basically love him support him help him get his business going he won't make everything you manufacture you'll be able to have him as a customer and continue a great fostering relationship with him so i love that advice you know at the end of that year i had to make that decision and it was clear to me that bbl convene had the horsepower i mm -hmm. needed to continue to grow and i dropped my membership in tech and went full-time with convene um, the end of that story, a few years later with the recession, um, my VP of sales, his business ended up failing. He closed it down, and he was able to come back as a salesman for me in our San Diego territory. So God honored the whole process, and it's been a wonderful journey since then. That was quite some advice that you got there, because it would be easy to be angry <clears throat> or yeah. frustrated. 
and uh, but because you got that wise counsel from a group uh that uh, counsel ended up being very very valuable very still have valuable. a relationship with that guy today uh, not much. He ended up several years later leaving and going to work for a competitor of mine. So we've got that little competitive dynamic. He just dynamic was determined there. to burn that bridge. <laughs> I guess so. But, you know, the thing, I think the moral of that story is um, as we sit here and talk about the, the creation of um, BBL, which en- ended up becoming Convene in this amazing legacy that this company is creating all over the place, is the fact that um, we when we surrender our lives to Christ and we ask him to be the Lord, that includes the things that we lead and getting that biblical um, foundation within your business sense is, is something that really take, can take a company to another level um, in a deep way that you can't find anywhere else. So as you um, uh, have journeyed on from that point, you, d- you made that decision that that's where you were going to commit um, your time and your resources to be involved. And um, how has that, yeah, I mean, that's been how many years now, Tw- almost 20 years that you've been involved with Convene, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you saw these groups, but you knew that it was, it, it, sh- it could be so much more that there were more people to serve. What, what vision did, did God give you to help Convene take it to a next level? Uh, it was interesting because I had gotten so much value from a business standpoint from tech over the years, mm-hmm. and now several years in with Convene, continuing to get that great business advice, but the spiritual counsel also, mm-hmm. and knowing and being taught to understand God owns it all. God owns the business. I don't own it. He's entrusted me to steward over it. And we can use our business as a platform for influence. And if you look at the number of people that work for us, um, you know, we're not a big company, but through the business, I personally have more influence on more people than most pastors in the country. Mm -hmm. And the employees, their families, the vendors, the customers, you know, we're interacting with them on a much deeper, more uh, involved level. Well, and you said something earlier that, you know, Bob Shank uh, sold his <coughs> business and went full-time into ministry. But what you just described there is, Bob Brumlew, you run a full-time ministry. Absolutely. It's business as ministry. It's a business tree. Exactly. It is. There's exactly. a word made up by a guy named Chuck Proudfit out of Cincinnati. <laughs> Love that word. But, I mean, that's that's powerful to be able to have understood that concept and, and your impact. You say you're not, not a very big company. How many employees do you have? Today we're probably around 200. <laughs> Okay, two hundred bigger. I mean, there's there's a couple hundred thousand small businesses in this country. Most of them are under twenty people, so that's still a pretty good sized business. So those two hundred all have families. Then you have how many vendors and how many customers? Yeah, thousand customers, and each of those customers has how many employees? Right. right. I mean, so your influence is really monstrous when you start to look at those kind of connections. Sure. Rick Green, going back to you a little bit as you as you start to see, you were in group number one with Convene. And again, people, you can find it online, convenenow.com. Mm-hmm. How many groups are there today? 50. I think we have a little over 50 groups today, um, you know, which is a pretty amazing to me because in some of the earlier days, I was visiting as many as six different groups all simultaneously, <laughs> trying to help chairs get started and you know, provide, some, uh, provide an, an anchorage for some of them. 
across the country. So, um, yeah, it's been fun to watch the multiplication process. When you saw it, when you started BBL, which became Convene and can be found online at convenenow.com, did you ever imagine you'd get from California to Florida? No, we had dreamed about that, mm-hmm. you know, and we've we've dreamed from the very beginning as we've thought about what would happen if we could get a significant portion of the business owners who are believers across the U.S. to understand these these principles, these principles that, you know, God does own it all and that their business can be a platform for ministry. And the impact that they could have is significantly more than just about any of the parachurches or churches across the nation. That's right. And, and, and I always like to just hammer on that parachurch thing because really we are all working as the church. We're all working for the same goal, bringing the gospel <laughs> wherever we go. Rick Green and Bob Brumlew are here. Rick, you give me a, you, know, you were involved in that secular organization that was helping you grow your business, and you were there for 17 years. And then you moved over to be, help create BBL, which became Convene, convenenow.com. Talk to us about the, the differences between those two groups. Yeah, that's, that is really a, quite interesting because I, I absolutely loved being a part of that secular organization. They helped me grow my business from, I think when I joined, I was probably doing $6 million in sales. And at the end, well, we were at $160 million with lots of employees and branches and multiple states. And that helped me a lot. But the focus was just purely business. One of the things that we learned very quickly uh, after uh, BBL was formed is that business, of course, is just one segment of a man or a woman's life, a leader's life. And so many of the issues that uh, are discussed and talked about uh, in in our convened groups or in our convened groups just go way beyond that and permeate through the entire Man, man or woman's life, uh, including their families, including their spiritual growth, and, uh, and obviously the business itself. So it's it's much more comprehensive in terms of the life of the leader. So that so it, which is a major distinctive between the secular organization that I was a part of. So you have been involved for a long time. Talk to us, Rick Green, about how being involved in Convene has impacted your marriage. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of things that have impacted uh, my marriage. I've been married for 53 years. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Yes. And uh, we have had lots of ups and downs. But I think one of the things about Convene, it's kind of one of those centerpieces of, uh, for me, of my spiritual growth. Um, mm-hmm. So the relationship between my wife and I have has changed, has evolved. Uh, we were best friends before we got married, and we were best friends now, but there's been times in between when that was not the same, was not the case. But I think, you know, through it all, all through it all, um, Many of our discussions in our convened groups have to do with our marriages mm-hmm. and have to do with our margin that we create in our lives. And I think margin is probably one of the one of the big issues that a lot of leaders struggle with yes. because their businesses, if it's if they're involved in, in business or ministry, consume their lives, which is not helpful uh, when it comes to those to their marriages. But convene is one of, the, one of those places that's one of those things that we talk about is how do you build margin? 
in your lives. One of the stories that I just love to hear, and I've heard many, many times, is from spouses, is from wives that talk about how their husbands have changed because they've been a part of mm-hmm. Convene, uh, because they have learned you know, they don't need to do it all, because they've learned that they need and can uh, delegate. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that um, come about as a part of our discussions of our, of our business that relate to the rest of the family. And that's ex- always exciting to, to hear and to see that kind of thing. Now, how many kids do you and your bride of 53 years have? We have two. And have those kids gone off to be entrepreneurs as well? One, uh, I have a daughter and a son. The uh, son is an entrepreneur. And were they able to learn from you and your mistakes and running your business, but then learning how to incorporate your faith? Have they been able to carry on some of that mantle that you passed on to them? Well, yeah, some have been. There's still some learning to occur. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, not all of it yet, but it's growing. Have you gotten them involved in a convene group? Uh, they're not large enough at this point to, to, to do that. Got it. But hopefully that happens someday. We've got to find a group for them. I mean, I, I know it's one of those things we want to pass on to our kids, the things that have impacted our faith the most. Bob Brumlew, talk to us about you and how being involved in convene has impacted your marriage. I think it has had a significant positive impact in um, the fact that it helped me really understand to delegate and create margin in my life so I have time to spend with my wife and my kids. Um, We've been very blessed over the years to be able to do a lot of fun family stuff and build a very healthy relationship. My wife is an incredible mother that has great relationships with our kids. And they're, I say our kids, they're 32 and 29. They still call their mother every day, you know, to check in and say, how you doing? Um, Just have a phenomenal relationship. So... I've created margin in my work life where I'm able to go do the things my wife likes to do and spend time with her. So, hmm. Talk to us then about the impact on your kids, your faith, the connection between your faith and your work, because you learned that before you even became a Christ follower. How has that then been impacting your children, your two kids? Well, it's, it's a beautiful thing. My son, the oldest, 32, has been with us for 12 years now working at the company. Mm-hmm. And... Um, interesting story because my my training my belief was I wanted Kyle to go work in three other industries before he came to the company because I didn't want him to come to the company thinking it was either uh, expected of him or it was the easy way Um, so I wanted him to work in three other industries and get experience and if he didn't find his passion then come work for us there's a wonderful convene chair in Pennsylvania, Pat Stillman, that I look at as a mentor. And I was sharing with Pat that story one day, and he convinced me that I should go back and immediately recruit my son into the company and have him be part of it. Let him know that I want him to be part because he may be feeling dad doesn't want him in the business. And that's the last thing I wanted. Um, but also Pat was saying, bring him in and teach him to do business God's way train him up as a young man on your core values of integrity and caring and stewardship. Uh, Don't let him go get screwed up by three other industries and then you got to fix him. And if working in the company business wasn't his passion, then he could go out and find his passion, but he would have the foundation of Christian values to go out and do that in the workplace. So did you take that advice? I did. 
And how's that worked out? It's awesome. Kyle's been with us for 12 years now. He's our VP of operations, so he's running the organization from an operational standpoint. And we had the blessing of bringing my daughter's husband into the company five years ago. And they're both in convene groups now, getting getting fed by other young Christian leaders. And they're both doing wonderfully. You know, that's one of the things, Jim, we have conversations with a lot is um, that whole perpetuation plan. And if the culture, if the leadership isn't completely bought in, then then perpetuation doesn't include that culture. So is that your first steps is like having leadership involved in convene so you're all getting that same um, level of biblical um, accountability? Is that is that your goal? Absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. How's it? Go ahead. So what would you say to um, business owners that are listening that maybe they have a family business? And um, because this is a real struggle in our culture today. What what is that next generation look like? Speak to the business owner that maybe is is intrigued by what you're doing and how they could, um, you know, be seeking the Lord for what to do next. Yeah. One of the things I don't want to do because I am not ready to retire. I'm mm-hmm. only 57 years old. My son and son-in-law are 32 and 30. They're young. And my dad made me president of the company when I was 28. You know, and I know my kids are sitting back there looking and saying, Dad, you were the president of the company in 28. You know, I'm the VP of the ops and the, my son-in-law, I'm the general manager of the Orange County facility. You know, what's for us? When are you going to get out of the way? But I'm not ready to retire. But I don't want to be that 80-year-old guy that's sitting there telling my kids what to do. Yeah. So I challenged my leadership team, my direct reports, which were all late 50s, one of them just turned 60, uh, to find your replacement. So we have now, two years later, we've all found our replacements. And we're off creating a new venture that we can take so that we can turn the existing operating company over to the next generation, our kids, and let them spread their wings and enjoy their successes. So we built a great platform for them, and now we're working to get out of their way. How has Convene encouraged you to live out generosity as a business owner and leader? You know, through the through the concept of understanding that I don't own it, God does. You know, it's all his. The question isn't for me and for a lot of the Convene members, not how much are you giving. That's the wrong question because we don't own it. You can't give something you don't own. The question is how much are you keeping? So we've had a great relationship with the National Christian Foundation and worked with them to be able to donate stock in the company so that the foundation owns it and profits are running through that. Um, just a, a, a myriad of ways to to look at it as God owns it, we don't. Mm-hmm. So it's not how much are you giving, it's how much are you keeping. Those are some great concepts. Rick, you look like you burst in with something you want to say. Yeah, I really wanted to comment. Bob was a, a, a prime mover behind the formation of a young leaders group as a part of Convene, really aimed at the offspring of uh, Convene uh, owners, Convene members, uh-huh. and uh, young people who desired to or were on the track to eventually take over a business. It's a I mean, well, talk to us about that. Well, I looked at my son. You know, I looked at myself as a Christian business owner. Who do I go to for advice? You know, my pastor's really not equipped for it. Any of my employees, they have an ulterior motive if I'm asking them what to do. So the convened group of other Christian CEOs without ulterior motives in the advice they're giving me uh, is wonderful. So I look at my son 
being the son of the owner, who does he go to talk to? He's got the same issues I do. None of the other employees are going to give him the advice that's unfiltered. There's always going to be an ulterior motive. So I challenged one of our convened chairs, Daryl Passwater, to start a group for the heir apparent of convened members and so that they could all get together and compare notes and have that unfiltered advice together and hopefully uh, go on that journey together. So the groups that they're in now, that is what it, that's the basis of it. So what are they finding? I mean, do they share that with you? And especially the chair, Daryl Passwater, the chair, chair shares with me that the that these two young leader groups, he runs two groups now okay. of young leaders, that both of those lead, groups of young leaders um, have as good or better communication and advice than the seasoned CEO groups. He's more impressed with them hmm. than he is with us old guys. Well, well that probably boils down to some of their level of transparency and authenticity, which is a which is, which is very core to the millennials <laughs> in general. We're talking today with two of the guys who are right there at the beginning when Convene got started. ConveneNow.com, ConveneNow.com. And yes, there are Convene groups all over the place. And yes, all in Florida. Started out of Orlando. You can find Bob Spence. He's lives in Davenport, but it's got groups in Lakeland and is really starting to expand all over Central Florida. Check them out online, convenenow.com. Bob Brumlew, Rick Green, they were there at the beginning. Guys, it's been an incredible run, almost 20 years for Convene. And yet you guys as a team, as a board of directors, have decided that you want more for our country. Talk to us, Bob, about what's what's coming up here. What, what's going on? Well, I think the... Um the beautiful thing is God is at work and moving amongst Christian business leaders and Christian ministry leaders across the country. Um, we have a, at least I have a, a, a belief that God owns it all and it's not mine and I need to put my ego aside and through collaboration we can achieve so much more together than we can doing it on our own. So the, the, the foundation of this whole movement, Convene and FCCI, have come together to say, let's start working together. Let's, you know, blend the two organizations together where we can uh, use our common resources to achieve the goals of both of the organizations in a much more efficient way. Um, over the last 80 years of the work-life ministry movement, mm -hmm. um, as a whole, all the organizations around the country maybe are touching 2 to 5% of the Christian business people in the country. Um, that's not acceptable. We need to do much better, and, and it's bringing all the ministries together to do this in a collaborative fashion. I think we'll have much greater success in having an impact for the kingdom and the business community. Well, I think it's so important that we recognize that it's not just a Christian business leaders, it's Christ followers no matter what their workplace is. Absolutely. Because we can't just equip the leaders because they can only do so much. We need to be equipping at every level of the organizational chart. And some people don't consider themselves part of the marketplace. Uh, hospital workers and teachers, educators, uh, government workers, they don't consider themselves part of the marketplace. Yet their workplace is just as important to God as that of the business owner, those people who operate in the marketplace. So... Aragon 412 is what spun up between the collaboration, the collab, as they said today, Rick Green, uh, between uh, FCCI and Convene, but also a couple of other ministries, Work Life with Doug Spada, Kingdom Way Ministries with Dan Anderson, uh, Chris Conley with, uh, with Leadership 
something that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But but there's a whole bunch of guys coming together, uh, Claire and Katie Volk with uh, Leadership by the Book, all coming together to say, let's collaborate. How do we take what we're doing alone and exponentially be more successful in reaching people? Rick Green, you're there at the beginning of Convene. How hard was it to say, we need to work alongside others in order to make a bigger impact? Actually, it was very easy to say, let's work alongside others. Praise we God. Rec- we recognized as hard as we have worked over the last 22 years to grow the organization that it doesn't grow fast enough. And we need to be working with others to achieve those same objectives. So you know, anything that God puts in our path to allow us to grow, uh, you know, we're open to. We really believe that God is creating a pretty significant wave, especially in the marketplace and marketplace ministries. Mm -hmm. Uh, That many, we have been impressed that many of the marketplace ministries that have operated on their own really want to be a part of what we believe is going to be a fairly significant movement. Uh, We've called it Aragon 412, and it's, uh, I guess you might call it the umbrella. Uh, that's my term, not necessarily the, the leadership term, but the umbrella under which these ministries can come together and collaborate. So when um, somebody, if this is a, a new, they haven't heard this before, Jim, we've started to highlight it a little bit, Aragon 412, and then the sub underneath that is um, Collaborative Venture. And it's interesting because we started the show with you guys talking about how you as business people were looking, eventually you found this gap that you wanted biblical principles. And now we're saying, okay, we've got these biblical, biblically-based organizations that know that there's a good principle, a good biblical principle that's also a business principle about um, economies of scale and, you know, combining efforts and working alongside each other. And so we just see this as being this, you know, the momentum can build because you're, you're saying, okay, we can be stronger together. I mean, that's a, that's a, a very biblical concept. And that's what collaboration really is all about. Bob, when you look as a chairman of the board, um, you're looking uh, at some big changes this next year. Uh, and many of them, I mean, it's it's hard to set aside our silos. It's hard to set aside things that, wow, we've been a part of this for 20 years. This is the way we've always done things. It's hard to set that side of, uh, stuff apart. What are you looking forward to most as you guys wrestle through Aragon 412 this next 12 months? Well, I think the the beautiful thing of it is we don't have all the answers, and we're trusting in the Lord to guide us through it. Um, Greg Leith, our CEO, likes to say that we're building the plane in mid-flight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a journey. Um, the The success of it is going to be that the members are putting their egos aside and realizing that together we can be more effective. Um, like you mentioned, I think you mentioned four or five names of ministries. I think there's 10 currently right now that have said they want to participate under the Aragon 412 umbrella. And one great example is each of those 10 ministries currently are spending money on software technology platforms. Mm -hmm. Come under the umbrella of Aragon 412, and we're going to have one technology platform. So we are going to be so much more efficient with our economy of scales where each of those 10 ministries aren't going to have to spend X every year. And as individuals, it's 10X. You know, as a group, it might be 2X. 
that gets spent overall on that, and the rest will be used for more direct ministry efforts. Well, Rick Green, you said something earlier when we were off the air that one of the other big things is now you've got 10 ministries, like Bob just said, that are going to share their their um, their member lists to be able to best serve those members and all the contacts. I mean, because as Bob just said, we're touching two, maybe three percent of Christ-following business owners and leaders in our country. And you and I, we all know that if we would touch ten to fifteen percent of them, our country would start to transform at a rapid pace. How? What's your? What's most exciting? What's the most exciting part for you, Rick Green, about? this Airgun 412? Well, I think the ultimate goal is to have a much more significant impact for God's kingdom. And through the marketplace, which is a very, very active part of our economy, we have an opportunity to, to do just that. And if we can figure out how to work together instead of working in individual silos and apart from each other, we believe that the impact can be significantly greater than any of us added to, added together. We believe that God is really creating a wave right now. And one of the things that I think uh, most of us have learned is that uh, it's pretty tough to create your own wave. But when God creates a wave, the thing to do is get on that wave and ride with it. We believe that God is creating that wave and has allowed this to, this, this idea to germinate and move quickly. This really was an idea that was developed less than a year ago, and look how far we've come. We've got almost, I think we have 10 ministries who said, I want to be a part of this. I think everyone that I have talked to that has heard about it has said, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Mom, that's because it was Jesus's idea. Amen. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, that's to me just what seems. I mean, we we make it sound like this is like revolutionary. We're like, yeah, Jesus just said, yo, we you'd be known by your love and when you walk in unity. And and what's what's so what's exciting is that we're finally being obedient. What's sad is that we're nineteen hundred years later, almost two thousand years later. But it is exciting, Rick, because just that collaboration. Within the body of Christ, that is just so valuable. Bob, as you look to be a part of that and guiding and directing that, you may lose your job as the chairman of the board. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes right down to it, there's there's a number of Christian organizations doing the same thing that Convene does across the country. The human side of me, the competitive side of me says, I want that potential member to join Convene. But the spiritual side of me, the collaborative side of me says, I don't care if he joins Convene or one of the seven other organizations like it, as long as he joins one of them, he or she joins one of them. So get in the game. If we all work together, we're going to have a much more significant impact for the kingdom. Mm. Rick Green, you get the last word on today's show. Well, besides us. Speak to those business owners and leaders out there that aren't in a group yet, Christ-following business owners and leaders. Why should they get involved in a group, 20 seconds or less? Well, I think uh, if you're running a business, being a part of a group where you, you can get advice from and insight from a dozen other business people, the power and the value in that is significant. Uh, it has helped me. It has changed my life. And... Um, if you're not doing it, you're really missing a great opportunity. Rick Green, Bob Brumlew, thank you so much 
guys for being on I Work For Him today. Our pleasure. It was really a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. Check out Ergon online, ergon412.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.